Welcome back to the Time Out Podcast with Christian Panios and Jack Bergamini. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm doing good today, CP. Um, it's one day before the start of the NBA season. Big game tomorrow, Nets versus Warriors. Couldn't be more excited. It seems like the season just ended a few months ago, which it did, honestly. So I'm just happy to have basketball back once again. Yeah, I'm super excited, too, because it's kind of crazy, though, that the NBA only ended two months ago where we saw the greatest player of all time win his fourth NBA championship. And I, I already... Uh, Already caused some controversy already, but I think this whole episode is going to be full of controversy, so I can't wait to get started. Yeah, I mean, this season, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how some different teams respond to this really shortened offseason. I mean, is Le- I doubt LeBron's going to play like most of the beginning of the regular season. I, there's no point in him doing that, right? Because he just I, won, won I a agree with you 100%. But the NBA, didn't the NBA release a thing where they're like encouraging, like, or what is it, finding teams? To, yeah, for nationally televised exact, games, they're yeah. not going to let players sit, which is what we've wanted. We, we yeah, are we wanted totally this for against. a while. But yeah. I hate this, this load management thing that the NBA is doing. I'm sure Quellen wasn't too happy about that. But it's, I feel like this is like the worst time for them to do it just because it's been such a short offseason and some of these players on these teams actually need the rest. But I guess better than never for them to do this. That's true. Honestly, dude, I agree with you on that, but I really just hated load management so much that I'm really, really happy it's in the league now. Or discouraged yeah, definitely, highly. Definitely. Um, yeah, so I think, I mean, last year before the season, we did our like annual like predictions. So we looked at to see who we thought was going to end up where, the standings for each conference. And we definitely got some right. I definitely got some right. You definitely got some right. But we both definitely got some wrong. And we just want to do that again so we can look back and see how right were we and how wrong were we. Yeah. So I'm going to start off, and you can react to my, my top eight in the Eastern Conference first and let me know what, what yours is and what you would change. Yeah. All right. So for, as the one seed, I got the Bucks once again this year. Number two, I have the Brooklyn Nets. Number three, I got the Philadelphia 76ers. Number four, I got the Miami Heat. Number five, I got the Boston Celtics. Number six, I got the Toronto Raptors. Number seven, the Wizards, and number eight, the Pacers. Before you react to my list right there, I just want to say a few things. I know last year, I, I basically, I'll, I'll admit, I called the Sixers. I did not think they were going to be good. I thought their roster was very oddly assembled. It obviously didn't work with Al Horford. He's gone, long gone now. But this year, I'm really, I really, I'm really expecting a bounce back year for them, which is why I have them as the third seed. And that may come to surprise you because you think I don't like the Sixers. But I do think with Doc Rivers as their head coach, he's going to allow Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid to thrive. So we almost have practically identical standings predictions, if we're being honest. So number one, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. Number two, I have the Brooklyn Nets. And this is where we flop. I have the Celtics at three, the Heat at four, but the Sixers at five. They have the Toronto Raptors at six. I have the Indiana Pacers at seven. And... Okay, I have the magic at eight because I don't know if, is what's the deal with Russell Westbrook at, and Bradley Beal at the Wizards. I couldn't make a prediction on that because I could see him completely exploding and not liking the team at all and just I be think, a cancerous team. I think so they'll that's be why the I, most interesting 7-8 seed of all, time. Recent, of all time. I actually think Bradley Beal is a phenomenal player in the NBA. But say Russell Westbrook doesn't get along, outside of Bradley Beal, this team is horrible, if we're being honest. That wouldn't now, surprise me at all. I mean, Westbrook, he's blown up and he blew up in – in, in Houston, where that looked like a perfect situation, Harden literally wanted to play with him, and it still yeah. didn't work out. So and I wouldn't be surprised if that happened at all. I got to say, though, that I think this has to be one of the most balanced Eastern versus Western conferences we've had in recent memory. Because I honestly think 
the Bucks, the Nets, the Celtics, the Heat, and the Sixers. I think those game. I don't. Okay, I think the Bucks and the Nets will be significantly above in the record. But I think the Celtics, Heat, and Sixers. It could be like a one game difference in three I'm to five surpri- seed. I'm honestly surprised you have the Nets as the two seed. Now the Nets are a really good team. I'm not going to deny that. And this. Okay, the Sixers and the Celtics and the Heat, though, I think they're so similar. If I had to pick, the, if I had to pick a team out of those three, I'd probably pick the Sixers. But they do always have this tendency to have these like months, uh, a month, which is a terrible regular season. They lose games to teams like the Knicks. It just happens. It's what they've been known to do. So that's how I kind of have the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, here's what I'll say about the Sixers. It all depends on their health, as it usually ends up happening. Ben Simmons obviously got hurt last year, missed the missed the bubble most of it. Embiid is also hurt most of the time now. If but if they can stay healthy, they'll be a great team. But it's it's I'm really Joel Embiid is a top unlikely. ten. Joel Embiid, I'll say this: Doc Rivers is amazing, amazing addition, and Darren Moly, amazing addition. Joel Embiid is a top ten talent in the league. I think most people agree with that. Ben Simmons is a lot better than the media I give him credit for. And they did add some shooter, like the actual shooters to the mm-hmm. team. Seth now, Curry. Danny so Green. some people might be a little uh, worried about giving guys like Seth Curry and Danny Green a role, but I think with a passer like Ben Simmons, I really think it's going to work out. I'm not afraid to give them a role. I think I think there was great addition. Danny Green, you're afraid. Nah, give I him think, a big I role. think Danny Green, he gets a lot of hate for his not-so-good finals performance, but we have to remember, just two years ago, he was making big shots for the Raptors in the finals. Oh, fair. So I, don't, I don't think – I don't get all the Danny Green hate. Uh, uh, I'm, Danny, I'm a Danny Green that. fan. I like his game, but his playoff performance really kind of uh, rubbed me the wrong way. And his, his whole bubble performance in general. I can see that. All right, so before we get to our big pretenders and contenders, let's go through the West now. So as the one seed, I got the Lakers once again. Shouldn't be a surprise. Even though LeBron's going to sit a bunch of games, I still think they improve their roster a lot over the offseason. Number two, I have the Nuggets. Number three, I have the Clippers. Number four, I have the Mavericks. Number five, I got the Warriors. Big loss for Clay Thompson, but I still think they'll be the five seed. Number six, Rockets, which this all depends on if Harden is on the team or not. If Harden is not on the team, Rockets are probably a bottom three or four team in the West. But if he's on the team, no matter how unhappy he is, you can't deny it's James Harden and they'll be, they'll be a top six seed if he's on the Rockets. And then number seven, I got the Blazers. And number eight, I got the Jazz. And just missing the playoffs, I have the Suns as the nine seed. I really do like the Suns, but the West is just so talented. I don't think there's enough room for them to squeeze in. But if Harden leaves, I think the Suns can make it as the eighth seed and be a really dangerous team. So this is my uh, NBA Western Conference prediction. So I have the Clippers at one. I think that they're just the regular season. They tend to dominate, especially if Kawhi Leonard is playing actual games. I think LeBron's going to sit too many games and they're going to lose some, like, why did you lose this type of games? But I don't think it's going to be that far off. The number three, this is going to really surprise you, are the Dallas Mavericks at three. Then I have the Denver Nuggets at four. I have the Rock. Okay, if James Harden is on the Rockets, I have them at five. But if not, same thing with you. I think they're one of the worst teams in the league, honestly. I just don't, I just don't trust John Ball and Boogie Cousins at this point. But so then if he's, if he's not on the team, I have the Jazz at five. I have the Warriors at six, the Blazers at seven. And the Suns at eight. I think the Suns, after that amazing – they went 8-0 and in the bubble. I think people forget about that. And they added Chris Paul, who I think is an amazing addition for this team. And, yeah, that's kind of what my predictions are. And the Warriors so are – do you run. not have the Blazers in the playoffs? Oh, I meant to say the Blazers at seven. Oh, okay. That, did I not say that? I thought, I thought you said Jazz 
Uh, I thought you said Jazz at seven, uh, Suns at eight. Oh, my bad if I misspoke. I had the Jazz okay. at five. But no, okay, that's if uh, okay. the Rockets aren't in the... I see, I see, I see. I push everyone down one. Got it, got it. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think that... The I Lakers think- and Clippers one, I think, is probably could be one of my backfires of worst take. But I just... Sometimes I know the Lakers were the one seed last year, but the Clippers for majority of the year were the top seed in the West. So I could just see that do happening you, again. Do you see a bounce back year from the Clippers? Yeah, I see a bounce back year from the Clippers. You think they're legit contenders? Yes, I think they're legit contenders. What's different about them this year than last year? Well, the same, it's the same team besides the loss of Montrez Harrell. I think that guys like Paul George and I think Kawhi Leonard especially is going to be super motivated to win. Remember, last, remember when he was on the Spurs? It's the Spurs' first final year. I, mean, I don't even know if he was on the team. He was associated with the Spurs. And mm-hmm. there was all this hate on Kawhi, and he came back and led the Raptors to a championship. So we don't see Kawhi or hear him uh, or really do anything much about him, but I think he's been busting his butt in the offseason. That's fair, but I also think if you just remember, I mean, he was also going against the Bucks team that wasn't all too talented. And then in the finals, KD and Clay both went down. So I'm not, not taking away that championship from Kawhi, but it was definitely a way easier path than it's going to be this year. Oh, no, definitely. But I still think he's going to be just as motivated with a better team, though. Yeah, well, in my opinion, I still see the Clippers as a pretender if we're, putting, if we're going to do these categories now. I, I know they made moves. I know they got Luke Kennard. They just signed him to a $64 million contract, which is absolutely insane. Not the point, though. They signed Serge Ibaka, nice addition, but not going to change the course of anything. Also signed Marcus Morris to a $64 million contract, which is also insane. But I mean, I don't well, this think is, that... I, I think these aren't good contracts, but you remember to win now team though. It this is, is what you're going to have to do. I don't, I don't, I don't you're think... You're talking about the future. Win, Obviously, these are not good contracts. These win now moves the, aren't going to result in any winning now, if that makes any sense, because I just don't think they're... I, I, don't, see, I don't see them winning. They lost... They blew a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets last year. I don't know how it's... Coming back from that, that's insanely hard mentally. Like, I don't think you can just bounce back from that. I think, I think the Clippers are broken. They're broken. And they're I don't think, broken. I, I don't think Ty Lue is going to be able to fix anything. I don't think Ty Lue is that special of a, co- of a coach. Ty Lue's, I think, coached the most broken teams of all time with those LeBron Cavs. Those guys were making moves every five minutes. You didn't even know who was on the team. The average age was like 45 years old. So I think he knows exactly how to handle something like this. I, I, I'm not so confident in it, honestly. I think... With, I think he's probably I think there's a huge difference between LeBron and Kawhi. Obviously, there's a huge difference between not just LeBron on the and court, Kawhi. Not just but on the, the court. But the team is significantly better, though. What, the be- Clippers team? Versus that Cavs team? Or what, which Cavs team are we talking about? When he won the championship with them. In 2016? Yeah. The, they, really? They, I think that Cavs team's better. What? You got Kawhi, you got Kyrie, you got Kevin Love, you got prime J.R. Smith. You got absolutely prime LeBron. I think that's pretty th- good. The, yeah, but you're talking. Kevin Love was he was good on the team. wasn't great. It was LeBron and Kyrie, prime LeBron. Ke- then on this team, you have Kawhi Leonard, Paul. Uh, okay, Paul George just how special makes is Paul George. That's the thing. He makes it so hard. But I think Kawhi is better. I think Marcus Morris is better than J.R. Smith was on that team. I think Serge Ibaka is a great addition for the team. Lou Williams is a six man of the year candidate every year. I think the Clippers team is actually pretty good. And plus, they were down 3-1 of the Warriors. They shouldn't even have won that series. I got to disagree. I mean, I think this Clippers team, Lou Williams forgets how to play basketball every single time it comes playoff time. Kawhi, he... he Kawhi Doesn't forget not, it all. He, Kawhi isn't... He was awful in, in the bubble. 
Kawhi isn't going to be able to carry this team with the amount of talent there is in the West. There's teams like the obviously the Lakers I like over the Clippers, but then you got like the Nuggets, even the Mavericks. Who this I like team, over, the, who Clippers, I like over the, the Clippers, Clippers are not saying that the Clippers. I don't think I think the Lakers are for sure my number one team, like best team in the West. Mm-hmm. But you have to remember the Clippers are built for regular season games. Okay, I mean, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it's impossible that they're the ones here. I just think come playoff time, it's unlikely. No, 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 I agree with you. Like, I think that, as you said, that they forgot to play basketball in the playoffs the regular season. They know how to play pretty well. That's true. But I'm just, I'm putting them in my, in my category of pretenders for the, for the season as a whole. Okay, that's fair. So I think if we're, if we're on the topic of pretenders and contenders, one of my other really big pretenders, I think, I think you're going to agree with me, is the, um, the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, they're a pretender, 100%. Yeah, because, I mean, let, let's – okay, they got Drew Holiday. I know everyone was raving about that. And Whatever. They lost, they lost Wesley Matthews, big deal. But Drew Holiday, I mean, I don't think – he's a nice addition, but I don't think he adds, like, that much to this team. They, they are still built around a player in Giannis who can't create his own shot. And that's going to be a problem come playoff time when you, when you need a bucket because you can't rely on a guy like Chris Middleton or Dante DiVincenzo to get you a bucket when your best player is Giannis and he can't shoot outside of 15 feet. That's going to be a problem. And I don't see him making a huge leap in that part of his game this year. So I just I think they're a great regular season team. I think Giannis would be top five in MVP MVP voting once again. But I, maybe even but, top three. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think come playoff time I wouldn't be surprised if they get knocked down in round two for the second straight year. I think the Bucks have to be like the greatest regular season team of all time. For being completely honest, that they coast the reg- they do really well in the regular season, but the team sucks. And I thought Mike Bo- I gave Mike Boonehoser so much more credit as a coach than I thought I did. And Chris Middleton, I think he he forgets how to play basketball in the come postseason. He is during the regular season at times he legit looks like a number two player on a championship team. But he's so bad in the postseason. Hey, I don't want to hate on Chris Middleton too much because no, he's, he's been the I past. Think we're th- thinking about Giannis more. Chris Middleton was at some points in the bubble was the only source of offense. He was the only reason in the bubble. Yeah, but if you put the other past two years, he was horrible in the, All right, the fair, postseason. Fair. But this past season in the bubble, he was the only reason they won two games against the the Heat in round two. It wasn't Giannis, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not banking on that. That the bubble is such an unknown. Like, who would if you told me the Phoenix Suns would go eight and zero in the bubble? I'd have a bridge to sell you. What are your thoughts on Giannis's? He just signed a huge contract. Oh, the contract. One of the biggest in the league. Honestly, in, in NBA history. My opinion, it's great for the league, though, because you're keeping superstars in their, mm-hmm. um, in their uh, drafted city. And, like, it's a great story. They literally developed him. Like, they, he, Giannis wasn't the number one pick. He was the 15th pick. Most 15th picks, I guarantee you don't even remember. So I thought it was a great move for him personally. And I think that his team is good enough where I don't think he's going to attract many other superstars. And this also opens up if the – this is such a what if, though, because the Bucks do so well. But if they can't win with him, like a team like the Heat wanted to trade for him, this opens that door up more. That's kind of a big what if out there, but I look at it that way. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you. For the league, it's a win. You don't want Giannis going to, like, the Warriors the or something like yeah. that or the Lakers. That'd be insane. That'd be another super-powered, overpowered team. We don't want that. And it's good for Giannis, obviously, because he got a lot of money, of course. But <laughs> he got the biggest Giannis's, contract in NBA history. Yeah, let's think about it this way, though. For Giannis's career, 
I would say if I had to bet on it with the Bucks, he's not winning the championship, which I obviously that would be detrimental for his career as a whole. People wouldn't look as look at him as like a top player of all time if that doesn't happen. But let's say he is able to do that. He's able to win just one championship with the Bucks. He'll be he'll be praised. He'll be loved all over the country and especially in Milwaukee. It'll be like when Dirk won it with the Mavs. Dirk stayed. There was a lot of tough times with Dirk on the Mavs when they lost to, to the eight seed We Believe Warriors. Like people thought he was done after that. But no, he stuck around, and the Mavs were able to beat LeBron James, your goat, in the 2011 playoffs. So I mean, yeah, he was. I think, I think this if Giannis he's staying now, and I think if he's able to win the championship, it'll it'll be like the second Dirk championship. I agree with you. Plus, Gian, Giannis is is 26 years old, so I'd say he has about six years of prime prime basketball. Yeah, to win a championship, or I think it's. I mean, I don't going by LeBron years, he has 10 more years. <laughs> That's true, but. Do you really think? Okay, to age like LeBron is is extraordinary. Even though they're even though they're both physical specimens. Yeah, I mean, specimens. who knows this nowadays? So with all this technology and like diet and stuff, I mean, who knows? The sky's yeah. the limit with this. If he, if Giannis is a normal player, we'll give him about six to seven years of this of dominant dominant basketball. But as you should, he isn't normal. But I just don't. I think they're major pretenders. I would now. I want to move back to some other. I want to move back to actual contenders I have in the in the whole NBA as a whole. Obviously, okay. I have the, the Lakers, I have the Miami Heat, I have the Brooklyn Nets, and I have the Dallas Mavericks. What do you think about that? So, obviously, Lakers, they're my favorite to win it all. Um, I loved them last year. Never understood how the Clippers were favored over them. Still love the Lakers this year. They're the clear favorites this year over any other team. Yeah, they, they have to be. They got better from last year. They added Dennis Schroeder. Probably should have been the sixth man of the year. Added Montres Harrell, who was actually the sixth man of the year. Added Marcus Sol, a great, I mean, not great, but solid, solid player who can add, who can add great value. Great player in his career. Who's yeah. Gonna... And they got rid of Dwight Howard, who, I mean, that's fine. That's, that's all they lost. And they lost Rondo, but Schroeder makes up for that. I think they had a great offseason. And Danny Green, but I mean, they, they had better Green, players but... than Danny Green. Yeah, they, they re-signed Kuzma. That's eh, well, that's whatever. But I just think the Lakers team as a whole, they're just they're so good. And they, the LeBron AD duo, it's an all-time duo, probably one of the best in league history. That's gonna carry yeah. them. And Anthony Davis is only hitting. Anthony Davis is hitting the key prime of his career right now. These mm-hmm. are gonna be his best seasons, and he's playing with the best player of all time and the and the best player in the league. Oh, right and now. added Wesley Matthews. He and it was another shooter. Game. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. That was the thing with the Lakers, though. That, like, sometimes, like, Danny Green could hit shots in the, yeah, end of the game. So, yeah, they, they added guys. Yeah. And this is LeBron is amazing with shooters. So, And LeBron mm-hmm. actually did pick up his three-point ball himself later in his career. So, that's honestly great. And now, I know you want to talk about the Brooklyn Nets so because they're your, obviously your favorite team. What's your opinion on the Brooklyn Nets? So, wait, let me ask you this first. You said that the Bucks are pretenders. You had the Nets as the second seed in the East. Do you see the Nets as favorite in the East? Hmm. Yes, I have the Nets as favorite in the East. I think the Nets are going to come out of the East. Just as you said in your tweet, barring no injuries, the Nets will come out of the East. But that's the thing, though. Kevin Durant, I'm not worried about him at all. Kyrie Irving, can he stay healthy? I don't think so. Kyrie Irving will – I can't guarantee he'll stay healthy, but I am very confident have a good he can career, stay healthy. Not career, good year. But him staying healthy is like – Are you worried such about a, him healthy like physically or mentally? Physically. Okay, because I know a lot of people are worried about him mentally. 
Physically. I think, I think he'll be fine both. I don't think Ky- being extremely worried about Kyrie staying healthy is that big, is that crazy of a concern. He really hasn't been able to stay healthy the past couple of years. It's, you're, no, you're right. I mean, it's, it has, it's definitely a concern. Barring no injuries, though, the Nets will come out of the Eastern Conference. And let me tell you why. The league today is run by players who can create their own shot. We saw last year with the Milwaukee Bucks in the second round, they had nobody who could create their own shot. Their best player, Giannis, could not create his own shot, could not shoot the mid-range, could not shoot the three ball. He could only shoot within 15 feet, and that doesn't work. And their second option, Chris Middleton, who is not a superstar, can, he can create his own shot, but you can't rely on that to win a championship. The Nets have Kevin Durant, probably one of the greatest players in NBA history at creating his own shot, Kyrie Irving, also one of the greatest players in the NBA history at creating his own shot. And they also have two solid options, either off the bench or in their starting lineup, closing lineup, whatever Stephen Asher decides to do. And Spencer doing and Karis LeVert, who if, if you've watched the Nets the past few years, and I know you have sometimes, Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie can 100% create their own shot no matter who is guarding them. And that is why I think this Nets team is so dangerous. Because if those four players are all out on the court at the same time, I don't know how you stop it. No, I agree with you. Karis LeVert, another thing, not only am I worried about Karis, Kyrie Irving staying healthy, but Karis LeVert has had some injury history himself. But when he's on the floor, he really is a, he's a, he's a huge steal in that time the draft. The Nets have had their trouble with injuries, I'll give you that. But I think if it comes together this year and everyone stays healthy, they yes, are going I, to be a problem. And no one, really, no one is taking them seriously, which I'm, really... I'm, just, I'm starting to take them serious because I watched them play in the preseason. Kevin Durant, I mean, it's Kevin Durant. We don't really need to explain him. Um, people for, all, I feel honestly. like people forgot how good Kevin Durant is. I mean, I know we don't take these lists too seriously, but Blue Report had him ranked as the 10th best player. The 10th best player in the league. That is ridiculous. 10th <laughs> best player. That's laughable. I don't even know how they call themselves an organization with some of the articles they put out. I don't understand. Like, I know he was hurt for a year and a half, but he's, he is a top five He's Kevin Durant. And then Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm not the biggest. I'm not as big a fan of Spencer Dinwiddie as you are. I'm really a big fan of Karis LeVert's game, though. Um, Spencer Dewey can be a closer, but he really, I know you're telling me he can shoot, but he can't shoot at all. I think that's going to be, he's definitely the, he's definitely going to be a driving force if Kyrie Irving is injured because I don't want him taking any of these late game shots, especially well, he doesn't need to, he, He's more than capable of doing so, but I don't think he's going to need to with, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Depends how many games though. Is Kevin Durant going to be rested at all this year? I'm, I'm sure if I had to bet on it, I'm sure Kevin Durant will be probably one of the most load managed players in the league. Okay. Season, that's what I was which I don't have a problem with. I think this Nets team can certainly win without Kevin Durant, not a championship, but win regular season games without him. Yeah, definitely. We've done it in the past. We did it last year. We did it the year before. So if Kevin Durant rests rest sometimes, I'm okay with that. But let me tell you this. This Nets team, probably the deepest team in the entire NBA. We added Deeper Landry, than the Lakers? Okay, maybe not the Lakers. Second deepest team in the league. Added Landry Shamit, who oh, He's a good player. Great, great player. Wasn't that good on the Clippers, but if we watched him in his rookie year on the Sixers – he was phenomenal shooting that three ball. He's almost like yeah. a he's almost like a like a rookie JJ Redick, if you know what I mean. We also added Jeff Green, who was playing closing minutes for the Rockets last year in the playoffs. Really important minutes, making huge shots for them. We added him. Then we also have other guys. We re-signed Joe Harris, one of the best three-point shooters in the league. We added Bruce Brown, a lockdown defender, a great wing player who's gonna really help us round out the roster as well. So I just think we, we, we're really deep and we can turn to so many different guys if there's injuries or COVID related. I think with COVID, I think it's going to be huge to have depth this year. That's what worries, worries me about a team like the Sixers. They don't have any depth. If one guy gets COVID and it spreads, 
and they, they can't play like Simmons or something, they're done. They don't have anyone else to turn to. With the Nets, if Kyrie has COVID, Dinwiddie can carry the load for a night or two. No, I agree with you. That's a fair assessment. That's definitely, definitely one of the top teams. But I just think, yeah, two seed. Two seed in the East, but best team in the East. And now another team, I honestly think that they're a contender. This is, I think they're a contender in this. I think this will be the Eastern Conference Finals, the Nets and the Heat. And I'm going to tell you why. The Heat were in the finals last year, and they were a phenomenal team. Jimmy Butler has proved to be a player and get you the finals. Bam Adebayo is going to be a perennial all-star for the next couple of years. He's honestly one of my favorite players in the league. He plays really good defense. He re- rebounds really well. He can actually score pretty well. Then you have perfect complementary players. Such I really like Goran Dragic in the bubble especially. Goran Dragic, great player. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is a big wild card because in the bubble, he looked like he was like an NBA all-star at times. I think – I don't expect him that type of performance. Yeah, the whole I'll tell you year. right now, Tyler Hero was not repeating what he did in the bubble. Yeah, obviously. I don't think anyone is. But I'm just saying I, I expect a jump from Tyler Hero. I don't think that's unreasonable to say. And then I think Duncan Robinson, I think he'll be the same this year. Maybe Actually, I think he'll be better. I think he'll have a little bit of a bigger role than he did to start out the year. And Eric Spolstra, I think, is a phenomenal coach first off. So I think – He's going to be able to mesh this team well together. And they seem to get along super well. So I think that – I think if the Brooklyn Nets are banged up, the Heat would be my pick to come out of the East once again. I mean, I'm not going to say disagree, but I'm going to, and I'm not going to say the Heat are in my, like, pretenders category. But I just think the Heat, I would say – like, I have my – I have my NBA championship contender bubble, and I would say in that bubble, it's the Lakers, the Nets – I'd put the Nuggets in there. We can talk about them in a second. And I actually have the Sixers over the Heat in that bubble. And the yeah. Heat are right outside that bubble. And let me tell you why. I just think that the Heat, I'm not saying they were like a, they were a, like a one-hit wonder last year, but I do think it's going to be really tough for them to repeat that success because I know we all love Jimmy Butler, and we all think he's great. We were all praising him last year for his finals performance. I think that finals performance against LeBron will definitely go down in history, especially – some of those games he had was phenomenal, but I just think it's going to be tough because Jimmy Butler, he isn't, he's a star player, but he, he's not on that level as let's say like Joel Embiid, where I think yeah. even maybe ben, ben Simmons will be tough for them to guard him or even a guy like obviously Kevin Durant or Kyrie. I think it's just going to be tough for this heat team to repeat what they did last year, but I'm not going to, I'm not counting them out at all. I think they certainly can get to the finals, but what I'm just saying is it's really unlikely that it's going to happen. No, yeah, I agree with you. I just, I just I think the Nets will definitely come out as long as there's no injury. There's actually no question in my mind. But if the Nets have injuries, the Heat would be my pick. And part of the reason is the surrounding players and the fit that they have. I think is really really good. That's I think I saw it. yeah. So the reason I had the Sixers in my championship bubble, like the Sixers like, are definitely more talented than the Heat. I don't think we're gonna debate that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, no one's picking Bam out of Bay. I think Bam out of Bay is amazing and he'll be a pretty awesome, like I said. But no one's picking him over Joel Embiid right now. Especially. That's true. I just think I think the Sixers. I'm I I really like the Doc Rivers hiring. I just think Doc Rivers. It didn't work. He was with the Clippers for what seven years. It really didn't work out. Fresh start for him. New players. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. I think those guys are both wanting to prove that they can come out and compete. I think a lot of people are forgetting about the Sixers. If we're being honest, I mean they were such such a disappointment last year that no one's willing to bet on them again. But I, I really like the moves they made. I really like Seth Curry. I really like Danny Green. I like the Terrence Ferguson pickup. Nice wing they got there. I mean, I know Dwight Howard. He's, uh, I'm not a huge fan, but he is a solid backup center. And I just think the Sixers, they, can, they really have a chance to do something special. But, again, it all oh, depends yeah, he, on Embiid's health. 
The Sixers are definitely in my contenders category. I just have the heat above them for that sense. And I just want to talk about one last team I have in my contenders. I know you're shocked by it, but the Dallas Mavericks, I really think they're I'm not shocked. Be... I'm not I'm not really I thought I'm you'd be surprised. That's, that's not an awful that's not an awful I, contender. Luka Dantich, I don't think anyone debate. He has to be like a top five player in the league right now. And I yeah, think that he's and I think he's going to take an even bigger jump than he did last year. I think he could close to be averaging a triple-double with like 31 points a game. And he's super efficient. And I think people are sleeping on Kristaps Porzingis greatly. He, the guy had, didn't, literally did not play a basketball game before this year to the 2017-2018 season. Like in February or January it was. I can't remember off the top of my head. But he was averaging 20 points a game, like eight rebounds, which is more than he ever averaged with the Knicks, sadly. And he was shooting the ball tremendously. Him and Luca are going to be one of the best one-two punches in the league. And, okay, their surrounding cast isn't as great. But Rick Carlisle is one of the best coaches in the league. And I think with two solidified stars and players that can work around them, like, I think Chris Asperger is going to be an all-star this year. I truly think that. And I think with a punch like that, they have to be considered super – a team I would not want to see in the playoffs. I mean, I'll take the Mavs over the Clippers in the, in the playoffs, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I, mean, I think the Jazz – or not the Jazz, the Nuggets. You, you would take the Nuggets over them, though? I would probably take the Nuggets over the Mavs, though, just because I think Nikola, Nikola Jokic is such, such a great player. And hit. what we saw with him and Jamal Murray in the bubble, that was so special. They were – you really couldn't stop them. Like – you literally could not stop them. It was either Jamal Murray would take the three, he wouldn't miss, or Jokic, obviously great three game too, but his post-up game is around the basket. He's such a great touch with it, with the basketball. It was so unstoppable, and I just loved that duo. It's probably a top three duo in the league at this point. And I really do think the Nuggets can compete. I think they, I really do think they can compete with the Lakers, honestly. No, I, the Nug- I don't know why. For some reason, I just feel like the Nuggets don't have this, as much star power to win to win these type of playoff games. I think it's a league where you need star power. And I'm really the Nuggets I would I would argue Nikola Jokic has the star power. I would argue he has the star okay. power to compete. Yeah, I could Okay, I could see that. Gary not Gary Harris, Jamal Murray. Like I think obviously he's a great player. I don't know if he's the star power. But the reason they're so interesting is like I know a lot of people don't like Michael Porter, but he I think in the bubble he really proved that he is like probably one of the he's best talent machine. He, he really can play. So I think his development is going to be crucial for them. And the Nuggets like, have this pattern of taking – they have Michael Porter, they have Bull Ball, and Bull they have R.J. Hampton. And I'm not saying – I'm not expecting their, uh, all-star appearances from R.J. Hampton and Bull Ball. Mm-hmm. They take, they're taking these high – what's it called? Risk. What's the right word? High-risk prospects who were like – Who everyone else is low on at this point. Everyone else is low on, but everyone had them as their number one player – just a year ago, just a yeah, year before they were drafted. Exactly. And so I think, and same with Michael Porter. So I think the Nuggets have, I think the Nuggets are probably one of the best player development staffs in the, in the whole league. Yeah, I mean, and they they're, su- and they're super, they developed Murray. And they're super patient. So it could, and Mike Malone is, re- is a really good coach, but I just don't see them having enough star power. But they're probably, if I had to pick a, a pretender, they're probably, now I wouldn't even call them a pretender. They're like in a category in between. They're, they're just outside your championship bubble. Yeah, they're, they're really interesting. I mean, yeah, I definitely was wrong about the Nuggets last year. I, I last year I grouped them with, I grouped the Nuggets and the Jazz as really big pretenders. But I just, I was definitely wrong about the Nuggets. They, they really have it in them. I think they, they have fight. They came back down from three one twice. I thought, I don't think you can underestimate that. I really no, don't. Yeah. That, that takes a lot of guts to do, to be able to do that. So I just, I'm really liking the Nuggets this year, and I think they are definitely in my championship bubble. Yeah. But if okay. you go with the Jazz. I mean, I know a lot of people like them. Rudy Gobert, if we want to talk about that, just signed the third biggest contract in league history. 
I I've Bonkers. never been I've never been a fan of the Jazz. I think complete pretend. I don't even I don't even want to say pretend. I don't put the Jazz in anything. The only I don't even plan. like are people even saying they can actually win? Like no, they're not even pretenders. They're below that. They Donovan Mitchell. He's good, but he's not good enough to lead the team to a championship. Gobert. He's not. He's a defensive player. No offensive game. No, just stop it. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell is amazing, but the team sucks. Honestly, outside yeah, that, of that, that is definitely true. So we went through our picks for the Eastern and Western Conference, our pretenders and contenders. Do you want to go through some of our award picks for next year? Do you want to start with MVP, yeah. the big one? I'll, yeah, I'll give my MVP happy too. So my MVP this year is going to be Kevin Durant. And the reason I have Kevin Durant is the Nets really? are going to be – I'm shocked. Yes. The Nets are going to be one of the best teams in the league. I have them in two seed in the East. I think the media is going to be riding this comeback season that they uh, – that uh, eventually people are going to start carrying on to because, as you know, people have forgotten how Kevin Durant, but I think he's going to – I could predict it. The first game the Nets play, there's going to be a stat launch, but like 32 points, eight rebounds, five assists, and he'll shoot like 45% from three and 50% from the field. Like, KD is back, and the whole world is just going to remember that he is Kevin Durant. And I think that he's going to have the best story, and the Nets are going to be just such a good team. And I don't see, like – do, do I really think they're going to give the MVP to Giannis three years in a row? No. Not a chance. Not a chance. After what we saw last year in the playoffs, not a chance. And do I really want – do I want LeBron to win the MVP? Yes. Do I think he could win the MVP every year? Yes. But I, if they didn't give it to him last year, I don't see him putting no, – I, I don't see him getting him better. Resting, not going to happen. And then who else is – who else am I going to pick? Kawhi Leonard? Luka Doncic? Like, who else is an MVP candidate? I don't even know at this point. So, I think Kevin Durant will be my MVP. All right. Well, I, I love how you're on the Nets hype train now that I'm really happy about that. I was not expecting you to say him at all. That probably would have been like my last pick I would have thought you would have said. But I mean, my MVP, this is who I thought you were going to say after your Mavericks contenders speech, but I, I'm, Luka is my MVP pick for this year. I have, the, I have the Mavs as the four seed in the West. We've seen in the past, it doesn't matter what seed you are. Westbrook won it when they were like the six seed. Harden won it when the Rockets were like, what, the four seed? doesn't matter what seed you are these days. It's not even – It's you have to win to an extent, but as long as you're one of the top, top upper top seeds in your conference and yeah. you're having one of the best seasons, you can win MVP. And I think that's exactly what Luke is going to do. He's only going to improve from last year. He's probably one of the best second years of, of any player of all time. I just think he's going to improve. I just think he's probably the safest bet for MVP. And – you talked about Kevin Durant. I would love it for him to win. I, I just think coming off such a major injury, having not played for so long, the amount of times he's going to be rested, I just think that's unlikely to say Kevin Durant. But I mean, I I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be mad if he wins it. Honestly, yeah. Um, I actually for num- my number two pick though for MVP behind Luka, it's actually it's actually Jokic. Jokic. Presently enough, yeah. Because let me tell you what, I mean, obviously we have LeBron, but as we said, he never wins it. He, he rests too much to win it. We have Giannis. I don't think Giannis is going to – I don't think they're going to give it to him three years in a row. I don't think he should win it three years in a row after we saw last year. Unless, what, if Giannis have, averages 38 points a game, he'll win the MVP. Maybe, yes. Then he'll win MVP. But I think Jokic, I mean, the Nuggets, I really like their team. I think, I think they have the potential to actually be the one seed in the West to have the Lakers over them. But if LeBron rests like – 25% of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets end up as the number one seed and Jok- yeah. Jokic takes the MVP award. I could definitely see that happening. But then as th- I, as I can't see that happening. Just, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Jokic winning MVP. The media, 
Part of the reason the MVP it'd be perfect. A big man would finally win it. A big, part well, of the reason the people win MVPs is because the me- it's because the voters and media create these ne- these stories. Like, what stories Jokic have? And I know it's I know you're gonna have some, especially some old head NBA fans saying that I'm crazy for thinking that. That's how that's how the voting has gone. In the what past. do you mean that LeBron had the best story last year by far and he didn't win? Yeah, but I that you I got guys I, like Stephen A. voting for him because of the story, but he was shouldn't actually. He should have won the MVP last year. That based was, off the regular season, no. Based the only, off, the, based off the only reason they gave it to playoffs, Giannis yes. is just because the Bucks had the best record. Based off the regular season, it was Giannis, but yeah, it, it, I don't it, even it, think that's, I, that's LeBron's the better player, which is why they won the championship. Yeah, it's a regular season award, but I just don't. But Jokic, I don't even think the voters have Jokic in their story. Mind doesn't right matter now. though. Story doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Why do you think Russell Westbrook won the MVP? Okay, but LeBron would have won. Why though, do you think James Harden won the MVP? There was no story with James Harden. What was the story? What was the story? There was no story. That, that he was able to finally lead his team with literally no one else on it. I remember the, the thing mean? with James Harden was that Mike D'Antoni couldn't create an offensive system for him because he was running gun and James Harden liked to control the ball. Wasn't he Chris Paul the, on that team? No, when he won the MVP. I don't think he was on the team. Oh, okay. And that was a year before. Oh. Don't okay. quote me on that, but I, think Chris, I don't think Chris Paul was on the team now. Okay. I guess he wasn't. Um, all right, I don't. I don't think there was a story for James. I don't think story matters as much as you're saying because LeBron, like Le- LeBron, probably had one of the best stories last year and didn't win. But yeah, the media is biased. Jok- Jokic him, isn't my pick. He, he's second. Lucas okay. my first pick. Lucas my Luka, first pick. Lucas my second pick. There's definitely a story there. Definitely yeah. a story there for Luca. All right, how about we move into Rookie of the Year? I'm I'm really curious to hear you have to say. So let's go first. Rookie of the year, okay. So basically for me, it was between Obi Top and Killian Hayes. I just think those two guys are on the teams that are absolutely awful and that have the most opportunity to play. Because all these, like Anthony Edwards, like you got Cat and D'Lo on your team. Like you're not going to, you're not going to have I don't think Anthony Edwards is that good, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't even love basketball. basketball. He said it himself. He did say it himself. And yeah, like Lamelo Ball, like I don't think the, I, I don't think Lamelo Ball is going to, I think the media loves him. Maybe that's his only chance, but I don't think he's been impressive in the preseason at all. I, I think it's going to be a lot of growing pains for him. That's why I don't have him. Um, so, yeah, I have Obi Toppin and Killing Hayes. And out of those two, I'm going to go with Killing Hayes just because, just because I think the Knicks are somehow going to screw up Obi Toppin or screw up him not getting enough minutes that he's not going to be able to win it. And Killing Hayes is just going to have all the keys to the offense on the Pistons. Derrick Rose literally said like he's going to mentor Killing Hayes and Killing Hayes is going to start. That's why I'm picking him. So my pick for Rookie of the Year is actually LaMelo Ball. And for you to say he not looked impressive in the preseason, I think it's just crazy. But I know he did have that zero-point game, obviously. But he did – I can't he's remember like how many assists. one for 10 in his third game, too. But he's, averaged, he's had 16, two 16-point games in the preseason. And his passing is, out, is crazy. Look how much better the Hornets are when he's on the floor. My issue with the Melo Ball, though, is that there's going to be a yeah, ton Hornets of Hornets aren't that good in general, but whatever. No, the team's not that good, obviously. But that's part of the reason why I think they're going to be more patient with the Melo Ball and allow him to go through those growing pains. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has, like, those 16-point games with, like, abysmal shooting. But that's – as we've seen, efficiency doesn't matter in the rookie of the year because they're rookies. And then that's why in my – my two second picks for rookie of the year is either Obi Toppin because once again the next are gonna suck and he's probably the most he was probably the best player in the draft like because he had he won the um mm-hmm. it's called the Wooden Award this past season in college basketball and I think he'll, his team's gonna be terrible so he'll take a ton of shots and then my third like my my second two picks are Cole Anthony because the Mavericks not the Mavericks the Magic Cole are gonna the Magic are gonna allow Cole Anthony to shoot a ton. 
and he's going to put up points, empty stats in another team, and empty stats has proven to be a huge factor in Rookie of the Year in the past. And although I don't think he'll be a good player in the league, I wouldn't be surprised if he's scoring with inefficiency. All right, that's fair. I don't think Lamella Ball, I, I don't think he's been – I think people just look at the good things and never look at the bad things. He can't. Oh, I always defense. look at the bad things. He, he can't, one for can't, ten from shooting. Can't shoot. He he's a good he's a good playmaker. He can distribute the ball. That's about it right now. You really don't you don't do you think the mellow ball will be a good player in the NBA? I think it'll be solid. I'm not. I don't think it's a guarantee he'll be an all star. Interesting. I, I don't think it's a guarantee. I mean, we we it's, we've we said with Lonzo, we thought it's, that's that obviously that hasn't worked out. Lonzo's a lot better than people give him credit for though. He, he he has a lot of potential, given that he definitely can be an all-star, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's not. Fair. All right, All right. now to Coach, Coach of the, the year. year. This is probably the hardest award I had to pick because I didn't think there would be any surprise teams mm-hmm. of the NBA. Yeah, same, honestly. That's that's where I was struggling. So then I said that I said it would be Alex Spolstra just because I think that he's going to take a big jump mm-hmm. and they're going to play much more consistently the whole year. And he really is one of my favorite coaches in the whole league. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have. I don't have much to say on that. Mine was between – I was between Steve Nash and Doc Rivers just because I think a lot of people are, like, discrediting Steve Nash and this Nets team. Like, no one's really, like – I feel like if there's going to be a surprise, it might be the Nets because not a lot of people are taking them seriously right now, even though clearly we both are. But in the end, it ends up going with Doc Rivers just because, again, the story aspect, um, coming back off after an awful, really disappointing year with the Clippers, leading the Sixers team, top three seed in the East, potentially going to the finals. I just think he's really going to be able to work out this Sixers team, and he's really going to be able to unlock players like Embiid, even Tobias Harris, who he was able to unlock when he was on the Clippers. I just think Doc Rivers is a match made in heaven with the Sixers team, so that's why he's my pick. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised with that. I don't know. I, I had a hard time picking this award, not going to lie. Yeah, it's tough. So, well, I guess it's, we'll, we'll have to see who's going to win. Yeah. All right, I'm super excited for this NBA season, after, especially after watching all these college basketball games and seeing how crazy it's been. I'm interested to see how the league handles COVID this year. I'm surprised there's been no cases in the preseason. So yeah, I think, definitely. I, I think Adam Silver, I, he's, the, he's the perfect person for a situation like this. So. There's definitely a lot of flexibility with the NBA compared to like the NFL, just because obviously you can way easier to reschedule games and stuff. It's not like every Sunday. It's like you have all these different games at different times. So it'll definitely be a lot easier. So I'm confident it'll, it'll happen. Yeah, it'll be, I, don't, I've, I don't really have any issues with the NBA, especially how successful they ran the bubble. Zero mm-hmm. cases is pretty impressive. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I mean, all right. I think that that covers it. I mean, great talk. Couldn't be more excited for the season. Tomorrow, first game, Nets, Warriors. Uh, can't wait. I, I'm taking the Nets. Yeah, <laughs> I'm taking the Nets too. Maybe if Clay Thompson was playing, but yeah. Yeah, maybe. All right. Thank you for listening. Time out, signing off.